This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. Welcome to the We Love Canadian Music Podcast. I'm your host, NAC Presents Executive Producer, Heather Gibson. We Love Canadian Music brings you up-close and personal interviews with Canadian musicians on far-ranging topics from life on the road to the artists they find most inspiring. Join us every two weeks for a new interview. So uh, today I'm here with Port Cities, and um, are all you guys from Cape Breton? We yeah, are, yeah. yeah. Do you mind introducing yourself since there's three of you sitting here? Sure. I'm Bria. I'm from Sydney. I'm Dylan. I'm from Sydney Mines. And I'm Carlton, also from Sydney. And so what is it like being from Cape Breton? Mm, that's, a, that's a tough question. I think there's a lot of amazing things about Cape Breton, and two of us now live in Halifax, Carlton, still based out of St. Peter's, um, and I think we would all be there more if we could but um because of our business and how much we have to travel it just makes more sense for us to live in Halifax at this point but Cape Breton is an absolutely gorgeous amazing beautiful place with amazing people and it's sad the economy isn't doing better there but you know we all hope to go back there as often as we can there's a lot of music and tourism there in Cape Breton right definitely yeah Yeah. and is that is that the bulk of the I mean if you were to describe if you were to say right now you're listening people are listening and have no idea what Cape Breton is doesn't even know they have no idea where it Mm -hmm. is what would you tell them about Cape Breton Um, I think it's one of the most beautiful places you know nature wise and there's so many things to do in the summertime in the fall Um, but I know growing up in Sydney Sydney is kind of just a shadow of what it once was to when I was growing up it's kind of like a little post-industrial sleepy town most of the year and uh yeah everyone very helpful and friendly if you ever travel there and need a hand and Mm -hmm. and a lot of great music yeah a lot of music from cape breton yeah and so is that something that the three of you grew up with you're all musical families aren't you yeah yeah um my dad's a musician he's still a working touring musician and uh I didn't live in Cape Breton as long as these guys did. I, we moved up to uh, Halifax when I was like six or seven mm. because, um, yeah, my old man, he got a, a job uh, working as the lead singer in a, in a band from Scotland called Run Rig. So he was obviously, you know, flying over across the pond all the mm. time, and that's a little bit harder to do from Sydney. Mm. So I grew up, yeah, surrounded by it, and I got my first guitar when I was like four for Christmas, and then I've been obsessed ever since and we just did a, a music video for one of our songs called astronaut and it's a a bunch of footage from us when we were young and like i went through a bunch of the stuff my mom had she had a big box of it it was like she was waiting for that moment <laughs> <laughs> when i asked her do you have any extra footage like she's like yes and she just uh, pulled out this massive box <laughs> yeah yeah i went through it and like every everything i'm just like banging drumsticks off uh-huh. things or like smashing my guitar around <laughs> trying to play fiddle, driving everyone crazy. (laughs) So Carlton, you self-taught as well? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I did take a few lessons when I was like 10, 12, just like how to play Metallica songs from this (laughs) uh, guy with a mullet Mm. who is amazing. (laughs) Right. 
that guy, uh, he's amazing. Yeah, Daryl Gromick. He actually just followed us on Facebook like a week <laughs> nice. ago. So I'm gonna reach out. But you're um, making it big now. Yeah, yeah. totally. You <laughs> finally heard of me. Um, but yeah, besides that, both my parents kind of play, so they taught me like all the basic chords and yeah, which is kind of the way of Nova Scotia, right? Which makes Bria a little mm-hmm. bit of an anomaly, right? I mean, most most musicians in Nova Scotia are self-taught, or their, their parents have taught them, or their their brothers and sisters, sort of thing. But mm-hmm. you've gone to school and done that whole whole side of things, right? Yeah, I did the jazz school thing, and which was awesome. But but um, definitely the love of music like came from my parents, and like my the first time I picked up a guitar, my dad was like showing me chords. And I think that that vibe of kitchen parties and like family jam sessions is just something that we all thought was kind of like normal and happened everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the more we travel around, the more we realize like, oh, okay. So in some places, when there's a party, like you don't play music at the party, or that's right. not like the first thing that you do. Or so, people look at you funny if you yeah. bring a tin whistle at <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a bit of a joke I have with Karen Ennis. Apparently, whenever it gets awkward, she just pulls a tin whistle out, which <laughs> I think <laughs> only works in Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it really brings the awkward level down on the rest of the country. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, what did you? How did you find that? What, did you go to Saint X? Yeah, I went to Saint X for jazz piano, and I loved it. I mean, I was in university for general arts and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do at school, but at that point I was like just starting to really pursue music um, in a more serious way, and so I thought I have this background in classical piano and I like writing songs, so jazz school seemed kind of like a good way to get a music degree and sort of build my knowledge of music without you know, abandoning the songwriting stuff. So at jazz school, like I learned a lot about improvisation and and how to collaborate with other people and and play in a band, play in a small ensemble, arrange music. So I learned a lot of skills that I use today, even though I'm I may never play jazz, you know, right. full time or in any capacity. And do you guys find that that has brought anything to writing together as a trio? That's sort of yeah. having that somebody who has this sort of the more um, educated background. I mean, I have I've been tying it to, to artists on this program about you know those two different paths. You either mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that both paths people have music in them, or they you know that's part of who they are. But then some people learn in a very different way um, mm-hmm. how to bring that music out and to share it with the world. And there's this piece about um, about people who are who are educated. Um, in music uh, and what that might do to change and some people actually feel like it it restricts until they get to a certain point that they can Mm -hmm. then kind of have you found that at all? I, th- I, th- uh, I I just want to chime in for one thing. Just because like I have more of an educational background doesn't mean in any way like these guys have skill sets that I'm really lacking at, and I think I maybe bring in some skills that they're lacking at. But the, you know they're amazing musicians. In their own and I think, right. and and I think that's what people have been saying is that the, the two things. It's interesting that in one group like yours, mm-hmm. that those two things are existing together because sometimes um, it's just that language of music, right? Of, yeah. of how people talk to each other and that that uh, banter back and forth of two people at a kitchen table is different than what they teach you in university. Now, jazz Definitely. might be interesting because of the improv factor mm-hmm. um, versus, say, a classical musician. Yeah, I think it's two sides, sides of the same coin. But what were you going to say, Carlton? I kind of cut you off there. Oh, I was just <laughs> going to say, like, knowing a bunch of people that have gone through the kind of jazz, more formal music education, I've, I agree with what you said, that a lot of people can feel like, oh, this puts me in a box. But mm-hmm. Bria, of all the people that I've known that went through that program, has balanced that in a mm-hmm. really helpful way in our band, where she hasn't lost that songwriter music fan 
kind of listener point of view um, and get that snobby attitude. It's like, oh, we need to put a fancy chord in here. It's like, no, she's can like, still No, write. we don't need that fancy yeah, chord. Yeah, exactly. She can still like, so that's, but what has really helped, I find, with that education is like when we're working out harmonies or we're yeah. trying to do something, she's just like, oh, why don't you sing this? And I'm like, good, that's just saved me half an hour of trying to figure out what note I'm trying to sing, you right. know? Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think you just balance that really well. So sort of in the, the East Coast folklore, is it, you guys met at one of those Gordy Sampson song camps, is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you didn't know each other beforehand? Sort of, they all threw you in a room, or what is it like? <laughs> a, I imagine like a cottage or something. They throw you in a cottage until you get along it's for five days. Pretty much that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, me and Bria knew each other a little bit. We had met once or twice, just kind of playing shows around Sydney. But yeah, and we knew Dylan's dad, obviously, right. but hadn't met Dylan. And because you all have solo albums, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all met as when we were pursuing our solo career. So at that point, we had no vision of starting Port Cities at all. It was just like three separate songwriters mm -hmm. meeting and collaborating. Right. I had no idea what that camp was going to be like. And I think my dad and Gordy were golfing. And then I got a call from my dad and it was actually Gordy on the other end. Like, <laughs> do you want to come to this song camp next week? And I was like, sure. Like, you know, so I showed up with the guitar. And then I remember that night we're around the fire and like some people are cracking beers and whatnot and I didn't you know bring any beer wine or anything I didn't know what this was going to be like I didn't want to seem like a crazy party animal or something. <laughs> and uh and then I was like I met Carlton that first night and I'm like oh man like I you know I should have went to the booth store he's like buddy I got a bottle of emergency wine if you want that. <laughs> <laughs> so, emergency yeah, wine and a friendship yeah. was formed exactly. I was like this the is, is going to work out <laughs> <laughs> And that sort of thing, though, like, you know, you say your dad was golfing with Gordy, that kind of... I think that people in the rest of the country, um, they hear about this music industry of the East Coast, that sort of, that there's all these people who just know everyone. And is that something, is it real? Is it something that you find is pretty close-knit community? I think so. And I think especially um, from our point of view, since the song camp and all the different, there's probably been almost, you know, 30 writers that have gone through that over the last eight years, so... That has really, in my mind, built a real sense of community where before you can kind of be like secretly competing with other mm. people. You're fighting for the same gigs a lot of the time. And and that's just kind of like brought everyone together and been like, you know, we're all trying to achieve the same goals here. Yeah. So why don't we, you know, do it together instead of be jealous of one another or something. Well, and it's interesting. Uh, we've been, I've been talking to people across the country and here in Ottawa they're starting to do this Ottawa music industry coalition and there's sort of like you have the the music industry associations out east and the ECMAs and those kind of things and one of the things that's become apparent is that um, somebody like you guys you're second or third generation at this like so when the ECMA started 35 years ago mm -hmm. or whatever it is now but that's not the case here so they're just starting things here and deciding that they so they're having really different conversations i mm -hmm. mean when you go to the ecmas or two do you guys still go to those mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and you find them useful those kind of conferences yeah I th uh we always seem to get a couple gigs out of them right. you know um but yeah that's that's it all. always seems like old home week to me yeah a little bit it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's just catching sort of there up. and catching up and and doing yeah. that kind of thing but they've been there so like your managers sherry and, and wayne they've been around for the length of the ecmas and mm -hmm. so there's that knowledge is not the same as the rest of the country i mean do you find touring do you run into any of that where it's sort of are the is the scene is built up across the country hmm i'm not really sure like what, what would you guys say we're kind of we're in and out whenever we in a city there's not a whole lot of time to go and, and, and 
find the cool bar, the cool music bar, and go and check out what's going on. I mean, there's definitely a good a writing community in places like Toronto, and yeah, uh, we have some friends there. But I don't know. Have you got you guys? Yeah, I feel like one of the benefits of being from the East Coast, and because it's such a small, close knit community, is like you kind of see these people a lot a lot of the time because there's not a lot of them. You know, it's a smaller industry, so it kind of mm. like helps the ties grow stronger. Where even you know traveling to Toronto over the last decade writing songs with random people and when I you know play a show there all my separate songwriter friends would come but they wouldn't know each other because right. it's just like the city is so spread out and everyone kind of has their own little doing their own thing so that kind of made me look at what we have on the east mm -hmm. coast being like oh that's actually you know a nice place to be from right. <laughs> you know yeah. even though sometimes you can feel isolated from the rest of the country you know? yeah. Well, and it wasn't that long ago that people used to say you had to move to Toronto to for the sure. industry. Yeah. Do you think that's still the case? I don't think. But. I don't know, me either. Yeah, you can be from anywhere now, and I think so. And having like Dylan's dad is just a one, you know, a role model in our own lives of someone who has stayed here. And yeah, they, you know, they travel to work in Europe, but he's like built his whole career based out of Nova Scotia. So that's just mm -hmm. a really obvious person that's in our lives that says like oh you can stay here and yeah. and make work i think a big thing is like pop music too it's mm -hmm. like you'd have to go to toronto or la or something to make pop music but you know there's Rhea may there's neon dreams uh we're kind of venturing into some pop stuff mm -hmm. now it's like there's uh, a community of writers where you, it's not just singer songwriter stuff there now mm -hmm. yeah so i think that was a big thing where people had to go if they wanted to venture out uh in different genres but we're trying to now is that, that just for you know is that because of of the industry itself or is it producers or when you start talking about those genres is it, a, is it a studios and producers or why when somebody because i don't think that people realize when you say oh well you know if you're in pop music you probably have to go to toronto or la and maybe mm -hmm. but is that is that why or is it just because that there's only, you need to sing like what is it you guys are looking for when you i think it is the producers and it's mm -hmm. people that have kind of done it before and have a have a track record of working with people and Obviously, Toronto is one of the hottest cities in the world for like, you know, hip hop music. And so, yeah, I think over the years trying to find the people that like Corey LaRue and Neon Dreams or, you know, Dylan's producing and and it's it helps people that make that music want to stay because they mm -hmm. don't have to go anymore, you know. Well, in Cape Breton and Nova Scotia, um, both of those are they're known for very distinctive um, music, and and whether that's singer songwriters or whether it's actually Cape Breton music, do you feel like those people that you've just listed are they changing things? Do you think, or is it still that the heart of things is that Cape Breton fiddle and the piano and the guitar? I think they're definitely changing things. Like even us being able to see Neon Dreams and Rhea like get start getting songs on the radio across the country and and having some really good success on the charts. It's like, okay, it, you can do it from here. And I think it is changing the reputation a little bit. Mm. I mean, we're still known for trad music and we're all we're all fans of like the East Pointers and mm. Celtic music and stuff. But I'm really happy that pop is sort of having some inroads in Nova Scotia. Mm. Um, well, and it's, it's interesting that the three of you, you're doing this now. And I do think you have a bit more of a, a pop sound than you had individually. Uh, is my opinion. Is this um, something you're going to do for a while, or you think you're going to do some solo album work as well through this? I think this is it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're kind of halfway into a, a new album right now, so which is going to be even more kind of pop commercial in that lane. So 
I think we're on this ride for at least a few more years. <laughs> so. And do you, when you say you're halfway through an album, do you guys write everything together, or do you sort of and throw yourself in a room and do it together, or do you have each bring something to different songs? Um, lately, we've been doing a lot of writing together. When we first started the project, it was sort of you know bringing together songs that we'd written with other people and some stuff we'd, we'd written together. But lately, we've really honed in on our our voice as like a three-way writing team. So even if if it's with someone else, we just spent a few days with Rhea writing in Halifax. We're about to go write with Donovan Woods in Toronto. We are pretty comfortable writing with the three of us, and Dylan's getting really into production. So he's sort of making the track and producing the song often as we're sorting out the chords and the lyrics and and all that stuff. But we're we're always open to collaboration with other artists. Well, thanks so much, guys. And uh, I hope you have a great show this evening. And I you. appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Heather. Right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to We Love Canadian Music. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast. We hope you'll give NAC Presents a like on Facebook and find us online by searching for NAC Presents. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.